0: It just right, doesn't right, happen. Right, right,
1: so right, right. um if you ever need me for your calls or anything like that, yep. please I am a servant. Um anytime you have a Sharice yep. will be reaching out to you. I'm <laughs> glad you said that. <laughs> you know your conferences, yep. I am there, man. Yep. It's all love. So um let us know how they can find you and uh, close us out, man.
2: Yeah. At one uh, Jeremy Anderson. Yep, At one Jeremy Anderson on all the social media platforms, I'm pretty easy to find. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Go. Okay. Yeah, so you want me to give you this point now, or is this last thought for the Patreon?
1: Last, nah, close no, this. No, yeah, right now to close out for for the world. For okay, we, we gonna we gonna cut the cameras. Then we'll come on. For the
2: okay, Patreon. okay,
1: better. just 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 close this out, man. There's somebody out there that is, I'm um, struggling, man, yep. or they're like super gifted, but they can't get their gift to the world, which is frustrating. Right It's like being pregnant for a long time. you just can't have the baby, yeah. Imagine being pregnant for three
2: three years mm. so I, I guess maybe close this out okay yep. so let's so let's run with that analogy. Let me see what I can pull off in the spirit of the top of my dome, so let's say somebody is pregnant. Like, what purpose or something, right? And they feel they feeling the contractions. They're feeling the pain of what they got going on. They know they have something special inside them, but they're having a hard time pushing it out. And like, it's in these moments when you got to get with a midwife or you got to get with the, um, the OBGYN. They might have to have you walk. They might have to have you do some squats. You know what I'm saying? They might have to perform some different things. They might have to do a C-section. You know what I'm saying? But what you have inside from you,
3: you didn't put there. It was naturally given to you. You paying me after 30 days, right? You right. pay me that 30. I'm the government. I'm going pay pay to yeah. pay them that 32. I ain't coming on my pocket. The government's going to fund everything. Why would I prepay anybody, right? If the government says I'm on that 30, I'm putting Joe Schmove on Net Thirty Two. So that's something you need to go negotiate with the contractor up front. They know because some people be wanting a deposit to. Do yeah, some work. yeah, yeah. They'll say, "Oh, you know," especially if it's I'm renting like porta potties, hand washing stations. They'll say, "Oh, I need a ten percent deposit." Well, two thousand eleven, I ain't had it right. So. I had to communicate, hey, this is gonna be a federal government contract. Work with me here. You're gonna get your money, it's coming from, and that's okay. That's the key, man. If you can't speak to people, I mean, they won't shake and move. They'll just go with their own SOPs. Now, when I have the actual contract in hand, that's like liquid currency. Yeah, yeah, look. It's real. Yeah, I'm gonna leverage it. This is real. Look what I got going on. And then they, you know, jump in bed with me and work. Gotcha.
1: Give me the biggest issue, the headache, man, because it can't be as sweet as it sounds. It sounds
3: sweet. (laughs) And I'm thinking like, dang, maybe I can get in. This is the biggest headache, man. In the beginning, I don't care what type of solicitation I've ever gone for, the (laughs) headaches are making sure the subcontractors get me back their quotes in a timely manner. Remember, I'm on a time schedule. I have to have this thing submitted by May 30th. Yeah. Maybe I just found the contract May the 21st. So I'm calling, calling, calling these subcontractors trying to get quotes and they lollygagging and then I missed my deadline. Mm-hmm. That's the hugest headache. It's not a headache once they already got the contract and they already working because they want to keep working. Half of these companies don't have a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So now when you giving them a quote-unquote guaranteed steady four- or five-year contract, man, That them doing the work is not a big deal. It's in the beginning stages me getting that timing down or getting that uh, quote to me because right. I got to submit my paperwork on time. That's the gotcha. biggest, that's the hugest headache. Gotcha. It's huge,
1: yeah. And so how you have employees working for you?
3: Now, now. And what do they do? So one so.
1: person sends the invoice.
3: I know that. Yeah, one person sent all. That's why invo- the first person you hire. Listen, I don't want to send these invoices. Right. To yeah, I'm done with all that. So the invoicing, they're looking for the solicitations. I get sole source a lot now though. So the government actually calls my company and says, "Hey, can you provide this product or this? Service? Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Also, oh, once you build that relationship with the yeah. government, you. Want I
3: mean, it. I got over forty contracts. Been doing it since two thousand eight. Like they, my. My company's name is solidified. So they just call my company and say, Hey, can you provide us this product or this service? So I got somebody to run that, Mm -hmm. the emails. Uh, but other than that, I mean, it's only, I only got like four people on my team. That's all I need. Are you versed in the, in like the municipality and the state as well? Or you just Uh teach, you teach straight federal, straight federal. I know the crazy thing is I know nothing about the state and local. Nothing. People come to me all the time. Well, I got this state contract. I'm like, I ain't, I'm not your guy. I know nothing about it. it I don't even, like even want to get into it. Supply, though. But they they have like different certifications. You got to get this, you got to get a, a DB. I don't even know the stuff. It's, it's just different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. I don't even want to tap into it. Because people come up to the federal level and they say, I didn't think it was going to be this easy. Mm-hmm. And so I might go down to the state level and say the same thing. I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this easy. I just right. haven't done it. I mean, I'm in a sweet spot, right? right
1: when you're right. good, you're
3: good. Dang. What's that?
1: 2008. So that's what? Uh, 13 years. Yeah, but game. remember, I didn't get
3: the first one too For I three years. Yeah, so about 10 years in the game.
1: Yeah, 10 So I, I got to ask this question, too, man. How did you change from the gas station, let me get that chapstick, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> to like this extremely successful businessman. What was that transition
3: like? Man. Did it feel like a transition or was it just gradually? That's a good question, because it really didn't feel like a transition until I started to talk to my own homeboys. Right now, I yeah. could tell... Yo, I'm thinking different now. Oh, I don't even want to do that no more. Okay, why y'all keep texting me this stupid stuff? Like, that's when I started to know, okay, I'm just different now. Yeah. But it didn't feel like I was transitioning. I was just being me, just trying to learn and trying to speak to the level that I could get business with these people over here, not knowing my, my whole mindset is changing, my speech, my tone, how I walk. Even how I'm trying to think in the future, all that's changing, and they back there, you know, doing what they do. Right. This was maybe, maybe, um, had to be maybe six
1: years ago, seven years. I don't know. I, I don't remember, but it was, it was, it was a good. It was a long time ago. But I, I leave. Uh, I'm from New Jersey. Okay. I'm from Wallenbrock, New Jersey, and. I leave and I'm going out. You just kind of like, I'm getting into personal development. Mm. I'm building my business. I think at this point I had left my job because I started working. I started my business in 2010 while I was working at the Cheesecake Factory. Okay, okay. And then 2012, I left. So I remember when like, when we got out of high school, what we would do is on Friday nights, like everybody come over, bring a bottle, and we just drink and we talk, we'll mm, rap, mm, freestyle, just freestyle, just get it going, man, you feel yeah, me? Yeah, Until <laughs> the night. Like, when everybody gets off work, we just, you know, we're going to find a destination. We're going to go there. So long story short, I came back to Jersey. Like, I don't know what I was doing there. I visit my, my, my aunt or something like that. And my boy was like, yo, come through. I'm like, all right, my my, my yeah. man's. So I go to his house, and it was almost like deja vu, bro. Mm. It was the same exact thing that we were doing years ago. (laughs) That was the moment where I'm like, yo, not better, but I'm different. This is what I like doing. This is what I like doing. I
4: can't. I'm running out. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all see how icy a nigga is, though, man. And I want to look at myself, man. I just look at myself in the mirror, though, man. You know what I'm talking about? Make sure I look. that. I got to look presentable. You hear me? So, I look at myself. I got to make sure everything on point, man. You know what I'm talking about? And I cool. I see, I got my feet. I got my feet out of everything, folks. You feel me? I ain't capping. I'm back here, though, man. You know what I'm saying? I wish they had a look. Little- and if I get hungry, like, I'm I'm damn near finna go get me some root crisps or something, right? So what I do, right, these, these, these same way, these the same thing that come on a plane. So you know what I'm saying? You Woo, you feel me? I put my root crisp right here. Stop blowing. You feel me? I put the roof crisp right here. Why the seat massaging? You hear me? And go crazy. <laughs> oh, I ain't faking. But, yeah, this is what we do, though, man. You know what I'm saying? I got the headphones in there. If you if you want to, if y'all want to join me one of these days, you know what I'm saying? I hop in the car with me. We out of here, man. You know what I'm talking about? This is a spaceship, gang. We ain't doing no faking. Oh, yeah, show the teeth. We ain't doing no faking. Yeah, I ain't capping. You here? There's a remote back in here, though, man. We ain't
1: doing no capping, Nine, five, mm-hmm. yep. i get it I, it's hard explaining it so that's why i always talk i ask you for advice because not even for what you're going to say but more so how you're saying it you know what i mean i don't it's weird bro yeah that's so if i ever call you and i'm asking you random questions okay just know i need, <laughs> I need to you know try to glean on what you think so um one, I want to say thank you for uh, coming on the show, man. Um, you're just a real value add. And you don't have to help me. You know what I mean? Like, I think I know you through, like, other people. You showed up at my first event, was really dope. And then you wanted, like, 15 grand to speak. I was like, I can't,
0: I can't do it. But you ain't know me.
1: You know what I It was. business. Hey, <laughs> <this is> <laughs> I ain't mad yeah. at you. But, um, no, I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast, man, because I don't think people really get a chance to – I mean, outside of Clubhouse, but really just in a relaxed format of just, like, just giving the game. Because mm-hmm. you know what? You're never really on the mentor seat in Clubhouse. You're always the person person hosting other people. mm mm-hmm. So you're the one asking the questions for the most part that I, that I see Mm -hmm. like you're facilitating, like you'll get all your friends together and you'll ask them questions. Mm -hmm. And I just don't get a chance to, now I do, but I don't get a chance to hear you kind of just, just mentor and teach outside of, you know, your, your systems and strategy and stuff. So thank you. I appreciate Mm -hmm. it. I gotta do a quick commercial. okay? So the, this episode is sponsored I'll say something. Think of something really
3: deep, okay? Because you got to close this out with something deep, deep, deep. You gotta be. You know we ain't talk about we ain't talk about my online business school. Let's talk we about t- your online but, business but we like, school. Like, like it's like this, like right? And we stopped right at the agency, but see, it was like one more layer, like. The next layer was... I
1: don't got nowhere to go,
3: Speck. Let's go. It's, it's like, I'm trying to be respectful of your time. It's I another layer. I've been to you for hours, bro.
1: It's another layer. Let's go to the other layer. Okay, so... Oh, first off, what was the awards? You was like top 500... Fast Inc.
3: 5,000.
1: Inc. 5,000. <clears> what is that? What is that list?
3: So basically, Inc. 5,000 out of 18 million companies in America... Ink Magazine put together the top 5,000 fastest-growing companies out of the 18 million. And my company was number 262nd out of 18 million companies. Dang. Fastest-growing company. This year, we got two companies making. My agency is going to make it on there, and my academy is going to make it on.
1: Out of 18 million, there's a list of 5,000. Out of 5,000, you're like top
3: 200-something. Top 10%. Dang. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's right. Made the top 3%.
1: How long did it take you to do that? Three years. You started three years later. You're one of the top 300 companies, fastest growing companies.
3: I started off my first year in business. I made like 60K. Then the second year, I hit seven hundred thousand. My third year, I was at two million.
1: No. Okay. What did you do to go from sixty to seven hundred?
3: I need to know that. (laughs) Something happened, bro. No, it was it was it was those three key elements, bro. Golly. That's it. That's it. Like I ain't the sharpest tool in the draw. Consistency, persistence, and relationships, your network. Yep.
1: You have two companies that's gonna make it this year.
3: Two this year, yeah. I think this. I think this year I'm gonna make like around like two thousand, two thousand on one, and probably like a thousand on the other.
1: Two different companies.
3: Oh, because that two different companies.
1: Oh, so so I'm sorry, but the the one company they made it already. So it's two fresh companies, or that so I was
3: already making it again. Gotcha for the second time. Gotcha. And then the Academy is making it for the first time. So I made the list. three. It's going to be three times total.
1: Oh, wow. That's interesting.
3: Yeah. It's our hardest award to win in business.
1: What are the factors? Do you know?
3: Growth. How fast is your company growing? Hmm. That's the only element. The second hardest award to win in business is the Entrepreneur 360 award. That's that's an award that ain't Mag, I mean Entrepreneur Magazine facilitates. And they do it based off of innovation. Entrepreneur 360. Yeah. Okay. They do it based on innovation, revenue, leadership, and Product. Okay. Don't quote me on that. But I think those are the four. And we made that list two times in a row.
1: Really? Dang.
3: Excuse me. Yep, we made that list twice in a row. And, and it's for the best probably owned companies in America.
1: So with these awards in mind, because I one, I honestly didn't even like think
3: of it. So I'm not like, do you focus on speed? I I love speed. I tell my team I'd rather speed any day. Like let's fix it later. Really? Yep. I rather you I rather you seventy percent done than a hundred percent lagging. Don't lag. Don't drag your feet. Don't try to be perfect. I need it now. <laughs> Love I mean, it. get all these lists. I need, sure. it. I need it now. You know, break it, learn, get back at it. I let my team fail as much as they want to fail. But you have to learn throughout the process. So when they do things, they make mistakes, they go. You know what happens a lot of times when you have employees, they come to you like, oh, hey, Spec, I got this for fifty dollars. Should we buy it? Should we buy it? Yes or no? What was... And I said, yeah,
1: nah, he's dope. She said, what happened was, she's like, she was looking online for a speaker, and she like came across my website, and somehow she came to my social media, and she connected with
2: you, and booked you to speak. (laughs) Okay. Appreciate that, bro.
1: (laughs) I felt the way. (laughs) She's looking for a speaker, but then some. And I'm a speaker. And, and this is it. Is a time I'm calling myself a speaker. Like <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting gigs and stuff.
2: How much I, I owe you for that? Yo, I don't know how.
1: Whatever she paid you, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. She told me. She said she was like, "Yeah, I was looking for a speaker. I was on your website." And she didn't. I don't know. She just slipped up and said it. Like right. she's like, "Yeah, I was looking for a speaker." I was on your website and you kind of led me to Jeremy and Jeremy came and spoke and it was amazing. I was like, oh, that's what's up. Closed my phone. I said, yo, did Jeremy? And then I went on, then I went on your website. I'm like, what's well, his website got it? And I ain't got. It. And then um, yeah, I felt the way.
2: Cause you was that's looking for a speaker. Bro.
1: But now when you say it right now, mm-hmm. I didn't have a system. It, like you got a system, right? You probably had the pics on your website. Right. You probably can mm-hmm. see somebody coming. It's why it's probably speaking directly to our audience. Mm-hmm. So I shouldn't have gotten mad. I should have got E train. <laughs> <You know, laughs> <Don't sick. doubt. laughs> for sure. I got E train. I got yeah. it All right. So um, oh yeah, because you thought I forgot. What's the system on figuring out?
5: How-
4: Then uh, I you, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know I me. Mean? Yeah, ain't no faking, man. Ain't no faking your name. You know what I'm saying? Candy bar, folk.
3: If I just recently, like, I stay with my people, shit, so I can get the. If
4: I want to. That's just the only thing. You feel me? That's me back. All right. I'm just yeah. saying though, that's my thing though, bro. Clean your credit. You know what I'm saying? Because like cl- me and you both know they ain't you can't get anything. You can't get a subway all- sand- You can't get a subway sandwich. You have to fix your credit, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. They feel like you're poor if you don't have a decent credit score. You have to have it. First thing they're going to do is let me run your credit. Your ass is going to be sitting there looking cross at it like, uh, well, you could have just took the, paid the two bands off, gang. Oh, all
5: right,
4: man. You got tattoos me, and shit? You, listen, bro. You spending all your money and everything else, but what's important? No, nah, this,
3: this shit. Was over time, like you know what I'm saying? I'm older now, I'm 33.
4: 30,
0: oh you know man, you old too? You talking about you old too? Accurate. They think, they think at this moment that those things will be helpful and that those things will mitigate you getting it or how sick you get if you do get it. Right. Like, it just wasn't, I felt like they're just, it wasn't caveated enough. Like, there wasn't enough information around it. They were trying to do these sound bites that aren't really accurate. And then now, you know, now that all people are being vaccinated, I, you see more and more people getting confused about, do I wear a mask or do I not wear a mask? Like I've been vaccinated, but I had COVID. Like, do we both have the same antibodies? Like, are we we still
6: wear masks? Like, yeah.
0: And because there's no clear, like what, you know, when all the lockdowns were happening, I'm like, what is the expectation for these lockdowns? Because it, it, I thought it became clear pretty quickly that the expectation, the a realistic expectation for any of the lockdowns was not eradication. New Zealand was the only one that was like, we're going to lock down fully and we're going to eradicate. But sorry for New Zealand, you were part of the rest of the world. So even if you have eradicated it on your island, like the real goal there is to eradicate until there's a vaccine and we can get our vaccine pop you know our population vaccinated and then we can open like that's a more realistic goal right like the real goal for the lockdowns was to not overwhelm the hospitals it was not so that nobody got sick like that was never like People not catching coronavirus, people not getting COVID yeah. is not actually a realistic goal. <clears throat> Our hospital systems not being overwhelmed so that people who would normally be able to get proper care cannot and die like unnecessarily. Like that's a goal, right? Like mm. that I, and, and it but it was never being said. I'm like that seems to be the clear purpose. Yeah. We're just trying not to overwhelm the hospitals but nobody's saying it. So now everybody there's like mask shaming and mm. there's all this confusion about, you know, when are we going to end the lockdown and all this criticism about, Oh, they ended the lockdown too early and not, not, you know, not early enough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it wasn't clear. I, I saw think.
6: something really funny. I think it was on vice yesterday where there's a, a group of anti-maskers who are, now gonna start wearing masks to protect themselves against vaccinated people. <laughs>
0: I read an article about some that was
6: hilarious.
0: Private school, school superintendent who is telling her telling the the <clears throat> teachers that they couldn't come back if they were vaccinated because they would be a risk. Like, I just don't like. I don't know.
6: Yeah. <laughs> who knows I mean who knows it's hard to, it's hard it's yeah. the problem with all of it with everything with yeah. all of this tribalism and the po- political yeah. climate it's the it's impossible to understand yeah. what to know what's real or what's not
0: and, you know, and science is slow right like Science is working on it. It is slow. Like mm. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, I don't want to get vaccinated now because we're still in the clinical trials. I get that. Yeah, totally. Like I can are, totally empathize with yes. that.
6: Especially if somebody's pregnant and they don't want, and they're, yes. I can totally empathize with a mother that's pregnant yep. and doesn't want to get the vaccine because they don't know how it'll affect their child.
0: Exactly. Or if you have like an, um, an immune disorder or something, right? Like you mm-hmm. don't want to chance it, right? You right. don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I get that. I think as long as we're all being honest, like, you know, I think as long as people are aware, like, be honest that like the Mm -hmm. vaccines are in clinical trials right Mm -hmm. now. Like everybody's being vaccinated as part of this giant clinical trial, right? Like we're not going to know for a long time any repercussions. We're not going to know for a long time if we need boosters or how long these vaccines are going to work. We're not going to. I mean, there's tons of stuff we don't know. Because science is working on it. We just have to be patient and try to keep up with updates. Like, if you try to force the hand of a scientist to give you a direct answer, like, give me, you know, tell me exactly what's happening. You know, this is the one and final answer. They can't do that. Right. And if they they do do that, then that should be a huge red flag to you that whatever they're saying is not accurate. Right. You know, scientists
6: shouldn't ha- try to act like they have the answers to everything. Their goal yes. is to ask questions, not to.
0: Exactly. Like they should be telling you, we think we know this now. We think this now, mm-hmm. but that's the extent of it. Right. You know, and you have to be open. So
6: typical Dean gay is fatal in less than 1% of cases. However, mm-hmm. dengue,
0: Yeah. Hemorrhagic uh, fever.
6: Hemorrhagic fever is fatal in, percent of cases what is hemorrhagic fever
0: so um so that's what the gentleman died of that i took the phone call for was hemorrhagic fever so if you have so usually what happens is there's four different strains
6: 20 to 50 percent if it's hemorrhagic
0: yeah so there's four different strains of dengue um that are generally regional um so you can catch dengue more than once right so if you catch like strain one Mm. you can and you travel you can catch strain two and have it more than once and the more the more times you catch it the more likely you are to have hemorrhagic fever which is basically so dengue fever gives you like a really strong fever um, and they call it break bone Um, your bones hurt a lot And so when you have hemorrhagic fever, you just start to bleed. Um, And I don't know exactly like the exact details, but I know that you basically just like your fever gets really high, and you you kind of bleed out. I think internally, possibly. Oh my god. Yeah, and so the more often, so like Andy caught it. (laughs) Andy caught it in Asia. But when he was tested, when he had the blood test, he had a variety. We were at a part of town. He caught it in a part of town where there were a lot of, like, backpackers. So he actually caught a strain that's from Australia. So now we're like, if he goes to Latin America or if he goes back to Asia, like, there's still these other strains out there that he's susceptible to, right? And then the body, it starts to overreact, Um, because it's had a strain before, but now this one's slightly different. So that's the risk of having it multiple times. So like
6: the immune system will overreact and sort of attack the own body? Yes. But
2: you need help to give birth to it, right? Mm. And so that's why people get coaches. I've got a mentor in every single company we own. I have a mentor. Mm. And that's where people go wrong. I have so much purpose. But but I just met with CJ yesterday for two hours. I said to this feed, I'm older than CJ, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I said at his feet because I'm like, yo, bro, give me the game. Like, help me understand. I want to learn from you. i pay Alex Burton 10 grand for his dispatching, I mean, his trucking course. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So I... People need to invest in themselves wherever they are. If you're trying to have the best marriage, then get some marriage books. Get some marriage coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like, Marriage Inc., at Marriage Inc. That's my me and Tracy's marriage coaches. Like, I would be divorced. I would not have a wife today if it wasn't for them. Like, if you want to win in finances, then you got to get with somebody in that financial space. Like, you got to be willing to get with a midwife or or or, or, or um, what do you call it? The OBGYN, somebody to help you give birth to whatever that thing is. So for the people that feel stuck... You got to get with someone that can unstuck you. You know what I'm saying? And that's the problem. A lot of people feel like they want to do it on their own or they prideful or they don't want don't to make the investment and they wonder why nothing changed. Well, you got to make a decision. right? And I believe everybody's, everybody can go to the next level if their belief system is intact. But they got to believe. I was one way in life and I was there forever because of my specific belief system. But when I changed my brain, I changed my life. It all starts with your brain. What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. What you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Your habits create your character, and your character determines your destiny. Uh, but it all starts right here inside your brain. I'm going to give it to him again. Can I do it again? Please. What you think is what you say. What you say is what you do. What you do on a regular basis becomes a habit. Because it's
4: Hand out that's needy, you know what I'm saying? So most of the time, that's what people... Like, if it's a street guy, they looking for, if they got bags and they looking for news to sign, they looking for stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? So, on the other end, as far as labels, they more look for younger shorties who they can kind of fuck over, you know what I'm saying? That's the new game right now. When you too smart, they don't really be wanting too much to deal with you because it's like, you too smart. <laughs> But we can get this little 17, 16, 15-year-old nigga that we can blow him up big and really check a bag off his ass because he don't know nothing about nothing. $50,000 is like $500,000 to him, a million dollars to him, you know what I'm saying? Get his ass a few little chains and then she let him do a show. But we going to make majority of all the money off his this, off that, this, that. They basically just sucking the motherfucker dry, but they gonna make them super, super famous. You know what I'm saying? So that's why you see a lot of people that that's real famous, that's younger, not real, real rich. They don't be really rich. You know what I'm saying? You just be like, damn, I thought this person was like rich, rich. But nah, because the labels is getting rich as fuck off this person, but they spoon feeding them, you know what I mean? So. You just gotta have your paperwork in order. You gotta have your management in order. You gotta have your account in order. You have to have your
2: lawyer on retainer. You know what I'm saying? You have to, um, you gotta have, if you ask Captain,
4: uh, BMI shit together, you know what I'm saying? And it's basically just about,
7: Tell, nigga, fuck you, nigga. Think y'all gonna scare me and tell me about what y'all gonna do to me, you'll rape my mama. That's been fucked, you Muslim, nigga. You nigga been pedophile for the longest. You nigga been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You nigga been fucking babies and boys and goats and, 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 and queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas, and I, and I refused to stop eating pork, so I said, fuck you niggas, because I, listen, I sold barbecue four years ago, and the Muslim niggas used to come through playing like they can taste pork, so one day... I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They was chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslims can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them niggas pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga, now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork, to, I cut the chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long, and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference. Because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork, or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy, so their taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them there, I, I, I felt good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 Chopped beef sandwiches with that pulled pork cut up in it, nigga. Straight disrespecting you, niggas. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch-ass niggas. Yeah go try to skirt me on the internet all you niggas trying to skirt me on the internet catch a plane nigga and show up in person and make everybody in the city say say them niggas out of new york city looking for you nigga say it's the niggas out of california asking about you do that nigga bad motherfucker. make farrakhan have a million man march down here he ain't done nothing in the wild no way for so he getting too old anyway yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't want to hear the motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do. You can't listen to him. Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We want to hear from NBA Youngboy. Don't nobody want to hear shit from Farrakhan. We want to hear from Fugiano. We don't want to hear shit from no goddamn Muslim, nigga. You niggas can't rap. <laughs> yeah. You niggas stick to provide security at the funerals and, and shaking down rappers, but don't nobody want to hear shit no nigga talking about dumping no Quran. Nigga, we want to hear from, look, baby, we don't want to hear from you bitch-ass Muslim, niggas, so shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk don't come out here and talk it's a new day fabric and don't nobody want to hear no shit about no spaceship go come rescue all us nigga. if a spaceship come right now i ain't getting on no more spaceship with no muslim nigga. i don't trust no muslim money didn't trust you nigga. i don't trust no nigga that don't need bacon in all our life, we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Period point blank. I nigga gonna give up bacon instead of putting his motherfucking head between the whole leg and suck her pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. And all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do it. Go quit the poke and suck the pussy. You stupid. You dumb. You ignorant fuck you and fuck your religion nigga yeah nigga it's funny to me it's funny to me (laughs) yeah and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor you bitch ass niggas Muslim niggas didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to be throwing elbows. Get off his nigga. Bigger than he was, he let the little bitty white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of nigga we is down here. Do you ain't the kind of niggas we are? We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get him in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He want to get back in the water. <laughs> Fuck that nigga didn't want to live. <laughs> Dump fiend-ass <add> nigga.
3: Oh. <laughs>
7: Yeah, they nigga was a dope fiend they going down there with a dope fiend bitch and a dope fiend nigga they showed the whole video I saw the nigga swallow dope the white folk one line on that nigga the nigga had fentanyl in his system That's a dope fiend ain't it the nigga died with fentanyl in his system and the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die the nigga left his daughter 20 million. That nigga could have lived to be 100 years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit. The nigga was in and out of jail. The nigga kicked in a door. Boom. That nigga kicked in a motherfucking door. And put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant, robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star with white bitches. So, let me tell you something, Stack Five. Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother, nigga, and fuck you too, nigga. Say, listen, if he was your brother or he was your nigga, what in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake $20 bill? You must have loved that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get $20 for, nigga, and I ain't got to go try to pass no $20 bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch down
4: Mm-hmm. I'm running <laughs> you now. Y'all see how icy a nigga is, though, man. And I want to look at myself, man. I just look at myself in the mirror, though, man. You know what I'm talking about? Make sure I look that. I gotta look presentable. You hear me? So I look at myself. I gotta make sure everything on point, man. You know what I'm talking about? And I cool. I see. I got my feet. I got my feet out in everything, folks. You feel me? I ain't cabin I'm back here though, man. You know what I'm saying? I wish they had a look. And if I get hungry, like I'm I'm damn near finna go get me some root crisps or something, right? So what I do, right, these, these, these same way, these the same thing that come on a plane. So you know what I'm saying? You c you feel me? I put my root crisp right here. Stop blowing. You feel me? I put the roof crisp right here, Why the seat massaging? You hear me? And go crazy. <laughs> oh I ain't faking. But, yeah, this is what we do, though, man. You know what I'm saying? I got the headphones in there. If you if you want to, if y'all want to join me one of these days, you know what I'm saying, I hop in the car with me, we out of here, man. You know what I'm talking about? This is a spaceship, gang. We ain't doing no faking.
5: Oh, yeah, show the teeth. We
4: ain't doing no faking. Yeah, I ain't capping. You hear it? There's a remote back in here, though, man. We ain't doing no
3: capping, man. Done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. exactly you know what messages do you be trying to get out there oh uh, right now
7: homie on the internet i'm all i'm all character right i'm all character and entertainment <coughs> excuse me in real life uh i really work with children and i ain't got to be a character right the character just expanded my platform
2: So, uh, 10
7: years I've been working in the community. Now I'm just, uh, now I'm like what they call, I'm retiring, I'm burnt out. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I'm transitioning from being a community guy to entertainment character, YouTube, uh, comedian. And while I'm doing this, Connecting people to programs as I travel from city to city, uh, and people like yourself. Hey man, you know anybody work with youth programs? Here right? I got the youth program. So somebody interview me, homie. They don't just get a, a interview. They get a guy that can give you youth program to help this person over here. Uh, we got a trucking company. You know somebody with a trucking. You know so. Uh, so now, nah, homie, right now I'm just playing for the for the movie deal I done got. Uh, so this shit done went Hollywood and, 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 and entertainment and celebrity now. So uh, fuck the community my people's shit. Nigga, I did it for 10 years. I'm tired. I'm ready to retire. <laughs> Let another motherfucker take over. Plus, motherfuckers like Michael X, Martin Luther King, them niggas died broke with that community shit. <laughs> Everybody
8: talking that my community shit. Undergraduate and graduate institution. We should be indifferent to where you went to school. We should only care about... How you ranked because it's so if it 's so devastating to be anything in in anything other than the top third of your class i don 't want you if you weren 't in the top third of your class right now i 'm being playful a little bit here, but the point is that we have do you see how we have allocated our strengths and our, our, our notion of what is an advantage and what is a disadvantage are allocated in an irrational way. We've, we have, we've become obsessed with the advantages of prestige, but we have not paid attention to the disadvantages of prestige. And that's a mistake.
5: Some people seem to get motivated by being surrounded by people smarter than they are, right? So that's well, sort of... Not
8: economics PhDs, apparently. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I would have... I, intuitively, I agree with you. Yeah. right? I want to find reasons to like elite institutions. All my friends went to elite institutions. Should I have children? I would want them to go to elite institutions. You know, we're all powerfully... But the problem is that when we go and systematically look for those advantages, we can't find them. So there's a long, I don't go into my book, but there's a long and rich tradition um, in economics um, in which people hunt for the value of an elite elite education. And they can't find it, right? So we know that uh, it is the case that a student who goes to Harvard earns money, more money in the course of their career than a student who goes to University of Tennessee. Okay, but that's doesn't tell you anything at all. What you really need to do is to find two students, both of whom go to get into Harvard, one of whom goes and one goes to the University of Tennessee, and then see what compare their career earnings. And when you equalize for the person, you can't find any difference. In other words, it's not that that Harvard is making you earn a lot of money. It's the kind of person who gets accepted by Harvard makes a lot of money, right? And then there's an even cleverer line of thing, which there's now been like 10 studies on this, and it's so interesting, which is they now look at elite high schools. So what is the benefit of going to a selective high school? Now, intuitively, you would think it must show up There must be some, we must be able to see whether in test scores or the quality of the college you go to or somewhere we must see some impact of that. And we can't find, uh, we can't find any advantage. It just, everything seems to, once you do that equalization thing, um, uh, you, if you are a smart kid, in other words, it doesn't matter what school you go to. Um, you'll, you know, smart is smart, um, which is intriguing, um, funny. Very neat, thank you. Um,
5: I want to switch topics a little bit. Um, you know, you do a remarkable job of popularizing uh, social sciences, and uh, by the way, I forgot to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Prasad Sridi. I'm part of People Operations, and I lead the, analytics group, which is composed of many social scientists um, who, who love the fact that uh, Malcolm's work and uh, you know, gets, gets their kind of thinking into the public limelight. Um, how do you distill and aggregate all of this research that's done in the social sciences and come up with what you think are the most uh, cogent arguments? Because uh, as you mentioned, there are lots of studies done on similar topics and some of them are uh, point towards one direction, others point towards a different
8: direction, et cetera. Well, I mean, you're looking for trends in the research. Um, And so for example, the studies I was just mentioning about trying to measure the value of elite schools That's a very clear trend. And you've got a cluster of studies that have been done in the last two or three years using pretty rich data sets that are all coming to roughly the same conclusion. So when you see that, that's the sort of thing I'm looking for is what you want to steer clear of are the one really wacky study that is sitting all by itself. Um, That doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just you have to be approaching with more caution But um, there's no shortage. I mean, the thing that's fascinating about being a sort of a student of academic research is that um, the number of things that on an academic level are being ideas that are being um, pursued and conclusions that are being drawn that are quite dramatically at odds with conventional wisdom is enormous. Mm -hmm. If you're in the game of, in other words, looking in academic research for ways to challenge the way we think about things, there's an embarrassment of riches out there. I mean, it's not hard to do. So um, to me, what always amazes me is how much um, fascinating and useful material um, lies buried Mm -hmm in academia, just never sees a lot of day because no one uh, bothers to go and, and write about it and popularize it. I mean, it's astounding how, you know, if you talk to academics, they have the list of things that they think that the rest of the world is doing long. It's like, it's like this long, right? Um, so it's like it's, 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 it's not a very difficult process to uh, to dissolve, yeah. Um,
5: related question: uh, You use a lot of stories to bring your thoughts to life, and the stories add a lot of emotional richness, and you can really connect with them. Uh, but how do you how do you
8: ensure? Very very hierarchical way, or you can choose not to. Um, the other thing that it would tell you is it would it would say something about whether about the size of teams as well. I mean, it would seem to argue, I would think, um, although maybe not, It says it's really about the structure of, of teams that to the extent that you can keep things that, um, that are as flat as possible, I think you minimize the damage caused by um, hierarchies. Thank you.
6: Hi. Thanks for coming to speak. So I just started in people operations about a month ago, and since I've been here, I've had a lot of people recommend uh, Strength Finder and other books like that, and I've taken a look at it, and I can't help but think that things like that are kind of, uh, as the great skeptic James Randi said, flimflam, mm-hmm. Um or like modern-day uh, pseudo-social science. And I'm wondering what if you have any insight into those, because I know companies spend a lot of money buying those kinds of books for their yeah. employees.
8: I have, uh, I have to confess I've never read any of those. I mean, I, um, I know that they're very successful. Um,
6: in, sal- in sales or in what they set out to in do? In sales. No, um, <laughs> <laughs>
8: um, but I, I guess I would only say... It, it should. It's interesting, though, that there is such a hunger for that kind of thing. You know, people, I always say this, people are experience-rich and theory-poor, mm-hmm. that most people necessarily um, lack access to organizing principles in their life. Um, if you're not immersed in the world of academia and you don't have the leisure to produce, to follow and Acquire grand theories. You don't have theories to explain things. So, whenever there is someone comes along with an explanatory mechanism for something that is that your experience rich in, it's enormously attractive. Um, So that you know, if that's a lousy, if StrengthFinder is lousy, it's incumbent on us just to come up with better and more sophisticated ways of. um, But it's it's clear that there is a massive demand for something. Um, to allow people to organize their experience. Hey, Malcolm. My name is Mike. Thanks for being here. Um, my question
6: is kind of going back to the value of elite institutions again. Um, so, so you talk about how someone who goes to Harvard, someone who goes to University of Tennessee, they are intrinsically going to do the same if they're um, you know, on the same intelligence level. So I guess my question is, you know, you hear you're kind of the average of the five people you hang around. You surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. You will naturally elevate your level. Do you believe in that, or do you believe that's kind of, you know, it seems like your theory is, is kind of uh, puts the merits towards that, you know, yeah. thought process?
8: Well, there's a, so- a couple of things. One is that... Um, One of the implications of that argument is that there are a lot more very able people at um, non-elite institutions than we think. And actually, this is kind of a fascinating thing. So to take a step backwards, uh, the larger question is, how efficient are elite educational institutions um, in as search engines for talent? What percentage of, the, of qualified students do they actually uncover? And, and the answer is, we used to think they were very efficient. What we have discovered recently is they're actually quite inefficient. In other words, enormous numbers of very, very intellectually capable people never even come close to the 250 top colleges in the country. So non-selective colleges have a much larger share of uh, of the intellectual aristocracy than we would imagine. So, that's so, so to your question, if you go to the University of Tennessee, you can find lots and lots and lots of very, very intellectually cap- capable people to hang around with. And you probably will gravitate. If you are that kid who could have gone to Harvard, you will probably gravitate to those five. The difference being that So you'll be surrounded by peers who maybe every bit is able. The difference is that you will almost certainly be the top of your class as opposed to running the risk of being in the middle of the bottom. So you're getting two um, benefits, intellectual benefits, as opposed to maybe only one. Um, The other thing, of course, is that... uh, Well, I'll leave it at that. There are many, many parallel arguments along these lines. Now, of course, not everyone can Follow the strategy. If everyone does it, it ceases to work. Right? Everyone can't go down a notch, or <laughs> so. The whole thing is: I, if you're going to follow the strategy, do it quick before I sell too many books, and the advantage is wiped out. But uh <laughs> okay,
6: thank you.
2: So you said in response to a previous question that it would be useful to eliminate some hierarchy so that you get rid of this problem of people being at the bottom. But how do we know that's the bigger issue as opposed to it's just a great boost to people when they are at the top?
0: And if that was the predominating factor, then maybe we should just have more awards or more way to recognize people.
8: Oh, I see. Uh Oh, You mean have a kind of pretend hierarchy where you (laughs) give everyone a pat on the back?
0: Maybe we should have even more levels of hierarchy.
8: Oh, I see. Well, but the, you know, the, um, so the classic study, I have to see if I got this right. The classic study in this regard, which I talk about in the book, is this famous study that was done in this, the largest psychological study ever in the United States was done during the Second World War of American soldiers. And one of the most interesting insights was a comparison of um, uh, uh, commissioned officers in the Air Force, the Air Corps, the precursor to the Air Force, and commissioned officers in the military police. And the question was, who was more satisfied with, uh, um, with their promotion prospects, the openness of their uh, institution to rewarding talent?
6: B in this person's life and deal with this person in order to get valuable intelligence from them.
0: Right. Because that was
6: super interesting.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, for me personally, part of that's like, what's the greater good here, right? Like maybe you're dealing with this horrible person, but what are they giving you for the greater good? I think on the other hand, like most people, so I worked with a lot of refugees, and there are absolutely horrendous stories about what happens to people who become refugees before they become refugees, right? So you read all these horrendous stories of, like, child soldiers and, you know, like, neighbors turning on neighbors and rape being used as a weapon of war, and you're like like there are so many scenarios out there that the average person who lives a comfortable life does not even like cannot even comprehend. And when you're in a scenario where essentially every decision is, would be considered a bad decision where like in your black and white, it's all black. You still have to choose. And you have to be comfortable with whatever that choice is. Like, you can't just stand there. You have to make a choice. So you can't put everything into a good and bad bucket. There's a giant gray area of, um, you know, like, if if I have to choose between, <laughs> you know, between dealing with, like, some kind of horrible person who has ties to terrorism and i know that they are going to be able to give me information that stops an attack that saves 50 lives like you're gonna give that dude money you're gonna take him out like you're gonna be friends with him because he has the ability to do good on the other end whether he knows it or not Mm -hmm. right like those are the real life choices. That's what happens in real life. I think that when you are living, I mean, and I, I live a comfortable life, I just happen to have had the exposure, right? I think when you're living a comfortable life and you're not exposed to the, like to the realities that are out there, it's easy to judge. It's easy to judge and be like, Oh, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that. Okay. Well, when you are in these situations and you're standing there and you have to make the decision, let's see what your decision actually is. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have to change. I think your idea, like you have to shift from what's right and wrong to what is the objective. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially when you're doing stuff for the, for the government, like military CIA, um, like what is the objective here what is the mission here and how do you accomplish that it's not about what do i personally think is right and wrong how do you obtain your objective how do you complete your mission because that mission is serving all of us like whether we know it or not there are missions happening right now that maybe we would disagree with but they're serving us they're protecting us right